Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on January 1st, 2017 by guest preacher Ben Phelps on the basis of Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 6. Christmas. It's a word that has a lot of meaning bundled up and built upon a lot of memories. When you come to church and hear the word Christmas, we think about the account of Mary and Joseph in the stable, Jesus and all the animals and the shepherds, just like that. And when you look at that, it seems odd. The king of kings is born like that, in a manger and in a stable. Shouldn't the king of kings and savior of the world have a little more glory than that? But if you want to find glory in the Christmas story, you have to go to the angels. They were the ones who lit up the sky. They shone with a great light and terrified those they spoke to. They had power. They had glory. Maybe it seems like, at least on Christmas night, the angels had more power. The angels had more glory. Maybe they were superior, superior to Jesus while he was a child. But we find that the opposite is true. These angels were like the prophets of the past. They had a simple message that they gave to a specific group of people. One message for one time. But in these days, God speaks to us not through the prophets, not through the angels, but through his Son, who is God in every way possible. This is the God we have come to worship. Now maybe I just said, it doesn't seem like Jesus has glory there in the manger. But believe me, there was a lot of glory and power bundled up with Jesus in the manger. He had just become the Son of Man, but he had always been the Son of God. There is a lot wrapped up in that title, the Son of God. Our text today explains this well. He is the heir of all things. Everything everywhere belongs to the Son of God. Jesus has power and control over everything. It makes a lot of sense if you think about that. Our text also tells us God made the world through his Son, Jesus. And not only that, he keeps everything going by the power of his word. You could thank Jesus that when you woke up this morning, the sun was still there. You could thank Jesus that when you get out of bed, gravity is keeping you to the ground. You could thank Jesus that the earth is still in orbit around the sun. Everything else is held together by the sun and his word. There's a lot of power wrapped up in Jesus. Our text tells us that he is the exact representation of God. He is the radiance of God's glory. The Son of God didn't become a man. It may be hard to actually tell the difference between the Son and the Father. Jesus is God, and God is Jesus in every way possible. This is the Son of God that God speaks to us to in his word. But why would the Son of God become the Son of Man? What could God gain by coming to earth and being a human being? Well, for himself, he could gain nothing. But for us, he could give us everything. God didn't send his son to earth to be that perfect example for us, to tell us how to be a good person. 
We already had God's word for that. Anyone reading their Bible before Jesus was born, anyone reading their Bible after Jesus was born, could see his law and see how they should be a good person. The people of the past read God's law. The people of Jesus' time read God's law. And we today read God's law and see that we fall very short of what he demands. And for this falling short of the law, God demands payment. God demands sacrifice, a payment we ourselves could never give, a payment that Jesus made for us. He is the purification of our sins. But if Jesus were just a man, that wouldn't do us much good. Could you die for someone else and pay for their sins on your own? Could you die for someone and then be raised from the dead on your own? No, well, it's physically and humanly impossible. But the Son of Man was also the Son of God. The Son of Man so he could live in our place under the law and die for our sins. The Son of God so he could pay for our sins and be raised to life. This is the Son of God that we come here today to worship. Wow. There is a lot of power and glory wrapped up in that manger after all. But shouldn't we give some attention to those angels? Those angels did have God's power. Those angels did show God's glory. They were the ones that were chosen to announce first his conception and then his birth. I think sometimes we wish we could be angels, don't we? We could appear anywhere we want at any time. We wouldn't have to worry about getting up in the morning before the sun was up. We wouldn't have to worry about a daily commute. We wouldn't have to worry about falling into sin day after day after day. It would be pretty cool to be an angel. They were the ones that had God's power. They terrified those shepherds when they appeared to them. It seems like angels had to do that a lot and say, don't be afraid. Almost every time you find an angel in a Bible, the first words out of their mouths are, don't be afraid. They had a lot of power behind those angels. I doubt they looked like anything you would find on a Valentine's Day card. Angels had a lot of power, a lot of glory, but compared to the Son of God, they had next to nothing. Their job was very limited. Usually angels appear to one or two people or maybe to a bunch of bewildered believers and gave them a simple message. There are many angels, but only one Son of God. And the Son of God is not told to worship the angels. It's the other way around. These angels worship the Son. And when the angels give their message, it is God's message. It's not their own. They tell other people God's words. But when Jesus speaks to us, he gives us his own message. And there's power behind it. The angels can never say this on their own. This is something our Savior tells us. Whoever believes in me will live even though he dies. This is the message of the Son of God. This is the Son of God through whom God speaks to us today. Let's worship this Son of God like the angels did. The angels were bold when they worshiped God. They lit up the sky. They told everyone and anyone who could hear, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to all on whom God's favor rests. The angels were bold with their message, and they weren't ashamed of their message either. They proclaimed it with joy. This new year, let us worship God, our Savior, like the angels. 
Don't leave your bold praises of God where you sing loudly, you pray loudly, and you say God's word loudly and confidently here in church. Don't leave that message here at the door as you leave, but take it with you as you go out into the rest of the world. The angels, though, weren't the only ones worshiping the God, their Savior, at Christmas. They had announced his presence to the shepherds. They told the shepherds, this is where you can go and find your Savior. So those shepherds went and worshipped God. They strengthened their faith by coming to where their Savior was. And then they left and told the good news to everyone. I doubt it was very convenient for those shepherds to abandon their flocks out in the fields that night or to herd all their sheep through the narrow streets of Bethlehem, but they did that. They went to see where their Savior was so they could worship him. And when they had finished, they went out immediately and told everyone they could find the good news about their Savior. I know it's hard. I know it's hard to get up and go to church every single week. I know it's hard to set aside time to study God's word every day, but that is where you can go, and that is where you could worship your Savior. This new year, let's worship God our Savior like those shepherds did. And when we're done worshiping God on our own, let's go and spread the good news, the good news that we could tell to other people. Last but not least, there's another group who will come a little late to worship their Savior. We're going to celebrate Epiphany next Sunday, but that is when the wise men came. They traveled a long distance to see their Savior. They were the intellectuals of their day, and they gave their Savior their best. They gave him rich gifts, frankincense, incense, and gold. Let's give our Savior our best, the best of our time, the best of our money and our energies and our talents. Don't put God on the back burner. Make him your priority like these wise men do. And these wise men, they were smart, but I'm sure a lot of their wise friends ridiculed them. Why would you travel all the way to Bethlehem to worship a baby because you saw a star? There are many people who consider themselves smart, and there are a lot of intelligent people in the world that will try to tell you that your Savior is a hoax. Don't be swayed by them and their human reasoning. Don't let your vision be clogged by untruth. Be like the wise men. Use God's word and let your vision be clear. Look and see who your Savior is and bring him your best. Many churches today may say that God is still speaking. This is a true statement, but when they say that, they use it as an excuse and a tool to reinterpret and misinterpret God's word and his teachings to adapt to the current cultures and trends of today. But we know that God is still speaking. He is still speaking through his son Jesus, and the message is the same every single year. Jesus is the son of God. He is totally God in every way, and he became totally man for you and for me. He is the purification of our sins and the one who sits at God's right hand on our behalf. This is the God that we have come to worship here today. This is the God that we worship every day for the rest of our lives. Let us worship him. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.